0: Hallelujah, Christ is ascended. He is ascended indeed. Hallelujah. Grace, mercy and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Be seated. I wonder how Joseph felt. You heard me right? Not Matthias. Joseph We often focus on Matthias, because he won. He's the one who replaced Judas. But I wonder how Joseph, also called Barsabbas, also called justice, felt. You know, the loser. Was he sad, or was he relieved? Was he happy for Matthias or jealous? Was he really hoping to be chosen and get his own verse in the hymn by all your saints in warfare that we're going to sing again later today? Or was he waiting for the result with fear and trembling? Were his parents there with their camera? Already ready to proudly take a picture of the newest apostle. <laughs> or his wife, ready to give him a big hug. The seminaries had their call days a couple of weeks ago. Joseph was the guy who didn't get a call. So when the result was announced, Matthias. I wonder how Joseph felt. Maybe you know from a time when you were not chosen for that promotion at work, for the team, for the school that you applied to, for an award. They chose someone else. Your submission was not good enough. You were not good enough. As it has been famously said, no one remembers who comes in second. Could you have named the one who didn't replace Judas before hearing that reading again this morning? Maybe, but I doubt it. Of course, the world doesn't always, and we don't always make good choices. Sometimes after election, people have election regrets. And wish they would have voted for the other guy or gal. Maybe the job that you chose or were chosen for isn't really working out quite as you hoped it would. And on Good Friday, the crowd chose Barabbas over Jesus. Well, that last one, that was a good choice. Even though the people didn't realize it at the time. For in Barabbas being freed and Jesus being rejected and ultimately crucified, the salvation of a world plunged into sin because of the original bad choice of Adam and Eve in the garden to listen to the voice of the serpent and eat the forbidden fruit. The salvation of the world was accomplished. For Jesus was the chosen one. Chosen by God to be the sacrificial lamb. To be the sin offering for the sin of the world. For the life of the world. Jesus was the chosen one upon whom all the sin of the world would be heaped upon. And all the wrath of God against sin would be poured. That we be rescued from our bad choices. From our sin and death. And set free. Jesus was the chosen one. Not in a contest with others. But because he was the only one who could accomplish this. For us. And how did Jesus feel about that? Chosen to be the loser. Chosen to be the biggest loser. The biggest sinner ever in the history of the world. He wasn't sad or disappointed, but joyful. Not happy to endure all that he had to endure the rejection and mocking, the whipping and spitting, the pain and torture and the forsakenness of the cross, but joyful in knowing that his losing would mean your winning, his rejection would mean your being chosen. That Jesus dies that you might live. He is condemned. So that you be forgiven. Which means that even if all the world rejects you. And even over and over and over again. God never will. Not because you're good or good enough or better than most. But because Jesus died for you. In him you are blessed. Blessed. In Him you are chosen from loser to winner, from sinner to saint. Which is what we have been rejoicing in this whole Easter season now drawing to an end as we celebrate the Feast of Pentecost next Sunday. But while the Easter season is coming to an end, the reality of Easter is not... For your baptism is your everyday Easter. Your baptism is your dying and rising with Christ. Your baptism is that daily reality that you are a child of God. Chosen and precious. That your heavenly father never regrets choosing you. But delights to call you his beloved And forgiven son or daughter. Even if no one else delights in you or chooses you, your heavenly Father does. And that is no little thing. And so it's what Jesus was praying for. In the words of his prayer that we heard today. These words from the prayer Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. Just before he was arrested and crucified. He's praying for his disciples. And he's praying for you who will believe because of their testimony. Keep them in your name, Jesus prays. That is, guard, protect, watch over all who bear the name of the triune God. Keep them in the faith. And sanctify them, holy them in the truth. Your word is truth. The word of forgiveness that is the truth. That word poured upon you in baptism. That word applied to you in the absolution. That word proclaimed to you in the gospel. That word fed to you in the supper. In all these, the truth that God chose you. And is giving himself and all that he is and all that he has to you. That's what Jesus is praying for. That's how precious you are to him. Because he knows that while his time of suffering and death is almost here and will soon be over when he prayed these words... He knows that while he will no longer be in the world, you still will. A world filled with words not of truth, but of untruth. A world filled with sadness and disappointment. A world filled with sin and death. A world that will reject the disciples of Jesus, including you. Just as it rejected Jesus. A world filled with division and where the evil one will be seeking always to divide you. And to divide you from your savior. A world that is not easy to live in. A world that you are in but not of. And so the world hates you. It hates that you won't go along with what they want. It hates the truth that you believe and live. So Jesus is praying for you. Not that you be taken out of the world, because you're needed in it. The world needs Christians, needs the salt and light you provide. In your homes, in your neighborhoods, in your workplaces, in your schools, in all those places. Jesus using you, his chosen ones, his children, to be his blessing. To provide for the world what is needed in body and soul. Which isn't easy. So maybe you find yourself hoping someone else will be chosen. Not that you don't want to be a child of God, of course you do, but to speak, to act, to love, to forgive, to give. Well, where's a Matthias when you need one? And maybe there will be Matthias' chosen instead of you, but maybe at times you will be the one chosen to speak, to act. To love, to forgive, to give. Maybe even lay down your life. Which according to sources, Matthias did. Either by crucifixion or by being chopped in pieces. I don't know if that will happen to you or me, maybe. But if you are so chosen, it is not the end for you. Just the completion of your baptism. For in baptism you die and rise with Christ. And what has happened to you in spirit will happen to you in body. When you die, you will rise to life eternal. For to that you were chosen. Not just to live now, but to live forever so the Father is sanctifying you. The Son is praying for you and laying down his life for you. And Spirit is coming to you. Not bad. God choosing you, loving you, coming to you, saving you, and now the body and blood of Jesus for you. That whether you're a Matthias, or a Joseph, or one of the other hundred or so believers that were there that day, whose names we'll never know. You rejoice in the life you have been given, and the vocations you have been chosen for. For all receive the same baptism, all receive the same forgiveness, all receive the same body and blood, because everyone is important and vital. Just different but no one unimportant. A mother and father raising their children in the fear and knowledge of the Lord is just as important as a pastor teaching his flock. For the most important title you can have is not apostle, bishop, martyr, or pastor. It's not president, CEO, general, celebrity, or influencer. It's not the one who has the most hits, likes, followers, or friends. It's this, child of God, reconciled, sanctified, and unified with God. So I don't know how Joseph felt, or what happened to him after this day, even though no one remembers who came in second. But this I know. Joseph's name and identity wasn't loser or the one not chosen. Because even before this, Joseph had been given a name and an identity in Christ. The name of the one who won the victory forever. The name of the triune God, which is the name you now bear too. And with that name, in that name, there are no winners or losers nor is there equality and sameness things which seem so important in our world today there is something far greater and better than that oneness and unity oneness in Christ and unity with one another all of us one body All in one, for one is for all. The one who was born for us, lived for us, died for us, rose for us, and ascended for us. To make us one, and he did. All is accomplished. For Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And Christ is ascended. He is ascended And one with Him. So are you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.